We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to be with you today here on the show, The Core, here on American Family Radio. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. We do have the video up and running on uh, the Zuckerberg's Facebook at the AFA at the Core show page there on Facebook. So if you want to go and watch live on Facebook, you can go to AFA at the Court show page and watch live there. Also, we try to post the podcast there each afternoon uh, on that show page as well. So uh, you can follow slash like that uh, Facebook page on uh, by going to AFA at the Court show page there on Facebook and watch the live video right now as we speak. We are still banned from YouTube. That's why I'm not mentioning YouTube for a place to go watch the live video. Uh, too much truth was shared on YouTube, so they pulled us down. Um, and they pulled us down, and my feelings are so very hurt. I mean, I just haven't been able to sleep at night, and I just I have been yearning for the day to be on, on YouTube, and it's just not today. So um, I don't know how I'm going to cope. I may have to go to counseling, but uh, the, the gods at YouTube pulled me down. So we're not on YouTube now, and as you can tell, hopefully if you listen to the show, you know I'm being completely sarcastic. <laughs> uh, who needs the YouTube when we've got our own streaming platform? Uh, that's what we've got going now. We don't have the live streaming option, which is the piece of the puzzle we're missing right now, but we do have AFA streaming up and running. You can go there, create an account, and watch the show, watch AFA at the core this afternoon when we upload the show. You can go back and watch it and watch past shows. You can watch yesterday's show, all of last week, there on the streaming platform. The URL is streaming.afa.net. Streaming.afa.net. Create you a free account and go there and watch AFA at the Core and tons of other content. And what we're going to do is every week for the next several weeks, we're going to add a show. We're going to add a show. So the goal is to add airing the Addisons next week. That's what we're planning for. Um, and then after that, maybe add today's issues uh, uploaded to the streaming platform, so on and so forth, until we get all of our shows, all of our weekday shows uh, uploaded to the platform. So we're working on that now. But right now you have AFA at the core uploaded to AFA streaming. Go there, create a free account, um, or you can create a, uh, a paid account, a, a donation account, uh, give a monthly gift by credit card or e-check there on the streaming platform, and then you will have access to unlimited content. And you can stream actually on up to five devices simultaneously, uh, two more than YouTube allows you to do. So we're uh, beating the big tech guys. Uh, we're trying to beat them at every corner. So that's what's going on. Hey, our verse of the week is out of the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 31 and 32, do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. 
Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways, meaning do not try to be like the man of violence. For the devious person is an abomination to the Lord, but the upright are in his confidence. That's Proverbs chapter 3, verse 31 and 32. We've got a couple of special guests next segment. We've got my brother Wesley Wildman, Vice President of Outreach. He's here every Tuesday and Thursday. We're also going to have Ryan Bomberger of the Radiance Foundation next segment, so you'll want to stay tuned for that here on The Core. I uh, came across this story out of Breitbart, and, uh, you know, in the show opening there, you heard uh, my statement a few months ago about religious freedom and how believers ought to be able to practice their faith no matter where they are. There's been this this falsehood, this this falsehood percolating our society for a long time that religion and faith is to be kept private. That one's beliefs and their faith in God should it should stay at the house. It should stay within the four walls of their home. Maybe you can take it out to church, but you sure can't take your faith out to the public square. And you really can't take your faith to work. Oh, that's a big, big no-no. Well, that's all built on falsehoods and built on this this false premise of separation of church and state, so on and so forth. And um, we've got to understand that our faith should be able to follow us wherever we go. And we know it does from a very practical and spiritual and biblical standpoint. We know, of course, our faith and the power of the Holy Spirit follows us wherever we go. But where uh, the dividing line seems to be is that the world wants us not to express our beliefs. They want us to go to work. They want us to go um, out in public. They want us to go to school. and But we sure can't talk about our beliefs unless, unless our beliefs are, wor- are rooted in you know secularism, humanism, and anything about the world, well, that's all fine. We can talk about that. But if you have anything about God or the Bible, no, we can't talk about that. That's been this, 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 this dominating narrative for a long time. You know, well, we can't have Bibles in schools. Sure can't have the Bible in school. The teacher can't, sure can't talk about Christianity. That's off limits. Uh, but we can talk about everything else and talk about humanism and secularism and what the world wants us to do and their belief system, which is basically its own religion, um, but we sure can't talk about God. So we have to take back uh, the idea and the truth that our faith should go with us wherever we go. Um, this story out of Breitbart is regard- in regards to the Marine Corps. And uh, this is uh, out of Breitbart. This is stunning. Here's the headline. Marine Corps commanders using form letter to deny religious exemptions as it relates to the jab, the shot, the COVID shot. Here's reading uh, from this Breitbart piece. The use of the same form letter suggests blanket denials across the service regardless of individual circumstances and testimony, according to one lawyer assisting hundreds of service members seeking religious exemptions. Quote, they're all identical. Every single one of them. It's evidence that they're not evaluating them on an individual basis, which is what the regulations and federal law require. And it's like somebody just issued a template and they're just rubber stamping them. 
said Mike Berry, general counsel for First Liberty Institute, which I know Mike very well. And so First Liberty Institute, along with their attorneys, Mike Berry, leading the charge there, uh, Mike is defending all these service members, and he's getting these rubber stamp templates back denying religious exemptions. And we, we I mean, these the, the, the secularists, uh, the government uh, pol- leaders, they've, they've already said they're going to deny religious exemptions before they even review them. They said in some of these cases, they've said they're not even offering a religious exemption, which is blatantly illegal, at least from a federal standpoint. And so this is further proof um, that uh, the Biden administration going after people of faith, giving blanket denials of all religious exemption requests. The Supreme Court is going to have to take this up. They're going to have to take this up because we can't have federal agencies, including the Department of Defense, blatantly ignoring constitutional law, federal law, on religious exemptions that are well-established in legal precedent. You know, what's ironic is the uh, the left always likes to talk about uh, legal precedent. You know, we start talking about Roe versus Wade and all the babies that they've killed. They start talking about legal precedent. Well, you know, Roe versus Wade has been here since the 70s, so it's, it's long-standing precedent, and we can't overturn it. Well... <laughs> What about all the long, long-standing precedent on religious freedom, on this thing called a First Amendment? What about all that long-standing precedent that's been here for 200-plus years since the founding of our country? What about that legal precedent? What about that standing that's been here forever? Well, we just can't talk about that. Uh, we just can't talk about that. But something that's been around for a couple decades, like Roe v. Wade, which is a terrible ruling, unconstitutional ruling— Something like that. They act like it's 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 etched in stone. We can't change that. No, no, no. We can't overturn Roe versus Wade. Um, but something like the Bill of Rights, well, you know, we can change that. That's a living, breathing document, right? Uh, last time I checked, paper and ink does not live. It does not breathe. It is what it is. Um, so uh, the, the Marine Corps, at least that branch of the military, they are giving blanket denials uh, for our religious exemptions. So we'll continue to follow that. On this same note, the um, many of these companies are having a sure enough hard time um, finding employees, um, finding workers. But one, one uh, story I want to get to before we end the segment here is this story, if we want to stay in the military and talk U.S. Army here, um, the clip I'm about to play is from a testimony that uh, Senator Ron Johnson put together uh, a working group or a, or a hearing. It's, it's more of an informal hearing set up by the senator's office uh, because, you know, the Democrats won't, uh, have, uh, won't have any hearings that, that go against the, the, the established narrative uh, put out by the CDC and the FDA. Uh, but nonetheless, what we're about to hear is uh, Teresa Long, she's a lieutenant colonel, br- uh, brigade surgeon for the 1st Aviation Brigade in Fort Rucker, Alabama, U.S. Army. And this is her testimony about how many uh, pilots she's had to sideline because of adverse reactions from the jab. Clip two, let's listen. With respect to aviation safety, risk communication is critical. I saw five patients in clinic 
two of which presented with chest pain days to weeks after vaccination and were subsequently diagnosed with pericarditis and worked up to rule out myocarditis. The third pilot had been vaccinated and felt like he was drunk, chronically fatigued within 24 hours after vaccination. The pilot told me he didn't know what to do, so he drank a lot of coffee to try and, quote, wake himself up and continued to fly until he realized it wasn't going away. After I reported to my command my concerns that in one morning I had to ground three out of three pilots due to vaccine injuries, the next day my patients were canceled, my charts were pulled for review, and I was told that I would not be seeing acute patients anymore, just healthy pilots there for their flight physical. That is a lieutenant colonel, active duty in the U.S. Army, a brigade surgeon for the 1st Aviation Brigade in Fort Rucker, Alabama, testifying before senators that she has personally diagnosed three fighter pilots with adverse reactions serious enough to to make them unfit, unfit to fly. But she was demoted. She was removed from that role because she properly diagnosed people who had adverse reactions to the jab. These are fighter pilots. These are guys, men and women, that are flying jets and all kind of airplanes defending our country, could be deployed at a moment's notice. And she got disciplined because of the adverse reaction from the jab that it had on these pilots. I mean, you talk about censorship, you talk about suppression of the truth, this is it. This is absolutely it, and it's absolutely stunning. Um, this is a national security issue. Make no, make no mistake about it, all right? This is not just a, a freedom of medical choice, which that in of itself is a strong enough argument, both legal and morally, that I could I could make that argument and not talk about anything else. I don't even have to go down the safety route or the national security route. I can make a strong enough argument that people ought to be able to control what goes in their body. But this, my friends, is a national security issue. If we've got pilots dropping, we're, we're booting, we're dishonorably discharging thousands of service members because they won't get the jab. Who, who's going to go to war when China takes on Taiwan? Who's going to do it? Well, we may not have that many people to do it. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll be back in just a few minutes. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Full weaponization of the federal government to crush a political opponent. Politicians and a political party that build themselves as pro-life while refusing to actually do what's in their power to stop the killing of little babies. The successful and unrelenting advance of regressivism. All of these are signs that our national condition is not merely a natural phenomenon, it's spiritual. Civic engagement without spiritual engagement produces political roller coasters. National course correction will only come by national repentance. We must elevate him. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. To err is human, so why do we give our kids so much grief when they make a mistake? For most of us, admitting to a mistake is an experience covered in hurt, embarrassment, and shame due to childhood experience. As parents, we can offer a different response when accidents happen. We already know that parents are a child's most impactful influencers in their early development. They do as we do and say as we say. So let your response to your own mistakes, as well as hers, be exemplary. Next time an accident happens, recognize it for the frustrating event that it is. Ask for forgiveness, show some self-compassion, and move on. We are not our mistakes or the sum of our shame. We are beloved children of God, worthy of compassion. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Here's a story filled with both tragedy and hope. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and Amelia was raised in South Africa, very tragically witnessed the murder-suicide of her own mother and father. The father, a raging alcoholic, would kill the mother before turning the gun on himself. This sent all the siblings in different directions. Amelia ended up with an aunt who did not love her. In fact, forced her into human trafficking, and she would go on to be assaulted by men who never were prosecuted for the crime. Amelia lived with bitter unforgiveness for many years until a Bible League volunteer volunteer introduced her to Jesus and trained her to share Christ with others. And would you know what? 120 Christians have looked upon Amelia and they say, what? I want Jesus. And I tell you what, they live where Bibles are non-existent. So we're asking you today, would you step into the stories of these 120 Christians and others around the world who need the Bible at only $5? Make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD. 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 Or give at sendbiblesnow.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Walker Wildman. Hey, just to remind you, we have we are live streaming the show today on our Facebook page, on the AFA at the Core Facebook page. So if you want to go there and watch it, you can do so right now. Um, also, we're going to upload the show as we're going to do each day to our brand new streaming platform, streaming.afa.net is the URL. Streaming.afa.net is the URL. You can go there and create an account and uh, watch AFA at the Core uh, this afternoon and uh, every day of the week that you would like. Uh, you can do so by going to streaming.afa.net. We got our brand new video platform up and running. So go there, create an account and start digging around a little bit, watching some of our content. Um, I promise that you'll like it. Hey, we got in studio, as we do each week, my brother Wesley Wildman, Vice President of Outreach here at American Family Association. Wesley, I'm glad you're repping our Bulldogs. Hey, repping the Bulldogs along with some other – I'm not the only one. we got a lot of Bulldogs on staff. we got one hey, – <laughs> We've got uh, Marty Sparks in here with us. He's got we're the all, right colors We're pretty on. much all dogs. We are. I mean, Bobby may be a convert, but yeah. he's still here I'm with us. I'm an imported dog. He's an imported dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Y'all, y'all we'll know take the, Bobby. The, the song, Who Let the Dogs Out? You know, my, my, my son came home from school the other day, and I don't know if it was part of a, uh, uh, a game that they played outside or PE or whatever it was, but he came home and he was like, Dad, you know that song, Who Let the Dogs Out? Like, yeah, actually I do. 
He's like, let's play that. <laughs> so <laughs> so he's, got, he's got that stuck in my head. You know, at the Mississippi State Bulldog games, for those that are uh, state fans, I know that's a small percentage on a national radio program, but for those that are, we'll appreciate this. Those that watch Mississippi State football, you've got the Who Let the Dogs Out song there at the beginning and the players chant. I'd forgotten and that was a whole song with a bunch of lyrics in there because they only play that little clip they for their show. They only play like 10 or 15 seconds. Seconds of it, yeah. So that's fun. Yeah, I got my maroon on. Um, it seems to me uh, Mississippi State's turning the corner this year in the football arena. But you know what? <laughs> yeah. Either way, you we know, got baseball season. You know, the standard, though, for, for us folks down in, in Mississippi 500. is – yeah, you bat five, <laughs> you bat five hundred. You go to a bowl game in the SEC West. Oh we're, yeah, we're having parties. Oh yeah, right? we're having parties. Pizza start, party, grill out. Barbecue. You start winning seven, eight, nine games. Now we think we're like national champs. Yep. I uh-huh. mean, we don't even go to the SEC, yeah. uh, SEC and uh, championship in Atlanta, but we still think we're SEC. Oh champs, yeah, you know. Yeah, our, there's something about we get new shirts and new gear that that gives the impression that we won more games than we did just because that's a big thing. But like I said, look, uh, don't miss this, Walker. It doesn't matter because at the end of the season in football and basketball, baseball's around the corner. You're right. Baseball's that, that, our sport. That's one thing we can say. That's right. Um, hey, you had you had a a book a booklet by Stephen McDowell with some important stuff in it you wanted to bring in. Yes, there's some important stuff I wanted to talk about. I um. Over the years, you know, I, I pick around, and before I get into this particular topic, let me just say there's people that are far more versed and a lot more historical and have a lot of history and uh, Bible knowledge on this, but I've just kind of scratched the surface on the topic of revival, mm. and uh, I wanted to talk about that here for just a little bit. A couple of people I'll point you to before I do my little excerpt here, and that's that uh Obviously, Steve McDowell covers this really well, and he's got a little pamphlet that you can find at his website at uh, providencefoundation.org, providencefoundation.org. And also, uh, Michael, Dr. Michael Brown, who was at our Marriage Family Life Conference, he covers this really well. A lot of good resources out there. But, Walker, as I was looking at this, the reason this came up for today is that over the weekend, yet again... I had to fill up my truck with gas, and I was really, really, really upset about that. So you don't that. drive a Tesla? No, <laughs> I don't drive a Tesla. And, you know, right now I'm think, I'm wishing I did. Yeah, aren't we all? But my word, the gas prices are insane, uh, not to mention the uh, just consumer inflation in all categories is out the roof. Yeah. And um, just absolutely frustrating, just from an economical standpoint. We, I mean, we won't go any further than that because we know how frustrating it is. And we're going to co- – we all covered on the program. We covered on AFR and all through our emails and one news now the frustration of the Biden administration and how much – how destructive they are to, uh, to individuals and to our nation. So mm-hmm. through that frustration of filling up my truck and putting 20 bucks, I want to get a quarter of a tank. Man, I tell you what, I was really annoyed. So I began to think, you know, with all the cultural and societal changes that we cover here at AFA and AFR and the destruction, to say the least, of what uh, Biden administration and his team were doing to our country and to individuals, I thought, you know what, let's take a, let's spend a few minutes just to remind us that in the midst of all that's going on and the bad around us, that God uh, still desires from us at AFA, from me, individually, Wesley, and from you, the listener of AFA and AFR, he desires from you to help bring about revival here in America. And the psalmist says here, he says, um, he wrote, 
um, to let let there be. I heard the psalmist said this, and I want this to be our prayer here on AFA at the core for the moments that we have. And he said it this way in Psalm eighty-five, verse six. He said, "For you, Lord, not bring against bring revival again. Your people may we not revoice, rejoice in you." And so, you know, Noah Webster said it this way. His his de- definition of revival. And remember, when you get into the this, there's uh, lots and lots and lots and lots of of definitions that are all similar yet individual theologians' definition of revival. But the Noah Webster Dictionary says it this way: uh, a return, a recall, or a recovery to life from death or apparent death, and that's key, apparent death, because a lot of the times. Uh, what we see is Christians just falling asleep at the wheel, so to speak. Hmm. They they they've been they they've been saved, they've been changed, but they've allowed the worldly circumstances and and the desires of the flesh to kind of get in their way. So it's important for us to remember that revival causes spiritual life to flood into the nation, causing us to think biblically, which then transforms not just individually, but it transforms law, it transforms society. And um and the institutions thereof. I wanted to give us an example of if we've got time. We've got time. Yeah, we've got our guest on. Okay, and yeah. then we'll come back to this. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Hey, I want to welcome uh, to the line Ryan Bomberger. Uh, he is co-founder and chief creative officer for the Radiance Foundation. Ryan, welcome to AFA at the Core. Hey, Ryan, are are you there with us? It's great to be here with you guys. Hey, brother, glad glad to have you on. Hey, Ryan, uh, I want to have you on. We have different partners on the show, uh, other ministries that we partner with. Um, you have been attending and participating and contributing to our annual Marriage Family Life Conference for the last couple of years. Um, and so s- some of our audience, hopefully most of our audience, is familiar with the Radiance Foundation and your work. Uh, but just give our listeners a little bit of background as far as wh- when the Radiance Foundation began and, and some of the important work that you do now. Absolutely. The Radiance Foundation began 2009 when my wife Bethany and I started to try to equip Christians especially, but also to educate the public about culture-shaping issues. And so we began this partly because of our own personal stories. I'm adopted. I was adopted and loved in a tiny little family of 15. I have six brothers, six sisters. Ten of us were adopted. So part of the Radiance Foundation story is about adoption. And also my wife's story of being a single mom for two years until we met and then I was able to adopt her biological daughter, and her daughter's name is Radiance. And so we are just passionate about illuminating that every human life has God-given purpose. And so this is our 13th year of illuminating, educating, and motivating. Ryan, uh, one, of the, one of the key issues that you hit on and you just mentioned there is life. Um, and and the, the issue of life and the value therein uh, that God created us all in His image, uh, that goes from from conception all the way until natural death uh, here on this earth. Uh, talk a little bit about your focus in, in really trying to save babies' lives uh, from this savage, this, this, this wickedness of abortion that we talk about here on the show each, each week. Absolutely. And, and the, abortion is the injustice, the ultimate injustice. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'm speaking from perspective of someone <laughs> who many say, even in you know, the college debates where I, I keynote a lot of different colleges, and they'll say, well, you should have been aborted because of my story. I was conceived in rape, but adopted in love. Mm. But yet the circumstances of our conception don't change the condition of our worth. And so 
that's why the Raiders Foundation is passionate about defending the most vulnerable, the most marginalized, these, the most defenseless. And so and it's amazing because we're at this point in history now where you've got the Supreme Court reviewing these cases like Dobbs versus Jackson and the Texas, the Texas law, which is going to be reviewed on the Heartbeat Act, which is going to be reviewed on December 1st. And as Christians, this should be a, the primary issue. In fact, today is Election Day in a lot of places, and our whole thought has to be what trumps other issues. Mm. And it has to be life, because without life, nothing else matters. Yeah, and, and uh, sorry, go ahead, Wesley. Well, I was going to say, too, you know, uh, you see on different little um, posts or occasionally you see people say, or you'll see that it says something along the lines of, you know, uh, politics are more than one issue or something along those lines. And I, I understand that there's a lot that goes in when you're selecting a candidate. Don't get me wrong. And there's a lot of things of value to Christians. Uh, however, I, I do, Wesley does, I believe that there is one issue that does trump all the other issues, and that's the issue of life. And I have found personally that if a candidate – there's nothing perfect here, but I found that if the candidate's right on life – most of the time, they're right on all the other issues as it relates to a biblical worldview. Um, and so I just I just have a hard time seeing anyone, uh, any politician on either side of the aisle, having uh, the audacity, uh, knowing what we know now in science and what we have known biblically, uh, for them to... Uh, for that we even have anything s- such as a pro-choice candidate. Right. It's just beyond me. And so, w- what are y'all doing to help uh, continue to educate and convey to uh, your ordinary person who is just that? Th- if they knew better, if they just knew the science that we know now, they would t- they would change their mind on this issue. Uh yes, partly to that because. Sometimes the heart is so hardened that it doesn't matter what facts you present. Yeah, that's true. That. Yeah, sure. That's why, right, there's a spiritual dynamic to that. Sure. But the issue, anybody who, who's ever heard, and I have many times, or you're a single-issue voter, first of all, there are many issues that you can concurrently care about. But like I said before, there's definitely there are definitely issues that trump others. Yes. Let me give you an example. Slavery. Slavery trumped all other issues. If today the issue were slavery, I would hope people would say that is a singular issue that is worthy of a focus. And so I, I thank God that, you know, Frederick Douglass was a single issue voter. Yeah, sure, absolutely. My childhood heroes. So what we try to do through the Reigns Foundation is educate people about the, the reality of abortion, the devastation that it causes, the fatherlessness that the culture of abortion has mm. spawned. Um, so many of the, the, the dynamics, the consequences of abortion, of course, on the woman, we help raise millions of dollars for pregnancy centers, so really passionate about showing people, one, life is valuable, whether mother, father, child, born and unborn, and that there are resources out there that no one has to go through an unexpected pregnancy alone. Of course, we want to avoid the pregnancy in the first place by you know, practicing a biblical approach to sexuality. But when it does happen, we're going to love that person and show compassion. And that's why the Raiders Foundation partners with pregnancy centers across the country. Amen. Yeah, Ryan, this is this is the issue. I completely agree because if we can't fundamentally as a society and a, as a culture, and I think this is this is tracking with our spiritual state in America, meaning um, meaning that the, the the people who are what uh, George Mara calls sage cons, people who are faithful believers, the body of Christ, they're in the Word of God. 
they're fellowshipping with other believers, and they're carrying out their convictions, um, those people are, are now the minority. I mean, that's the cold, hard reality. They've probably been the minority for a while now. Uh, but we've got to retake this culture, and how you do that is through retaking hearts. And this issue right here um, of saving babies, I mean, this is the fundamental issue of, of do we value life? Because to your point, you know, you can carry this out and say, we've got to first value the most innocent among us, babies, before we then start talking about taking care of refugees and migrants and all these other uh, tons of issues that really you can fold under the issue of of of, of the value of human life. I'll, go yeah. ahead, I'll give you the last word. we got a minute left. Yes, I agree. I mean, and the thing is that today there are a lot of people who want to expand the definition of what it means to be pro-life. So mm. that pro-life encompasses yeah. everything. And as we know, anytime a word becomes or means everything, it means nothing. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, yes, we do as Christians value life. But in this pro-life fight and in this yes. movement, we are focused on eliminating the violence of Amen. abortion and valuing the lives of that mother who is exploited all the time by the abortion industry and valuing the life of that child. And so I'm going to keep on fighting until abortion is abolished and beyond, because even when it is abolished, there's still work to do for those who are facing unplanned pregnancies. They need the same love that those facing it now face. So Raiders Foundation will keep on fighting and keep on loving people enough to speak and live out the truth. All right, let me just say this. He couldn't have said that any better. Okay, there yeah, you got absolutely. the mic back. And, and, and we've got to use the word, <laughs> the, we got to use the language like Ryan did, that we're, our goal is to abolish abortion. Yes. We're not trying to regulate it or to minimize it. That's the right. goal is to end this. Absolutely. Uh, just 100%. like we did with slavery, let's just end it. There's no, there's no happy medium or balance that we can do here. Either we protect babies or we don't. Yep. That's the option. Hey, Ryan, God bless you, brother. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you again. God bless. All right, there you have it. That's uh, Ryan Bomberger with the Radiance Foundation. Uh, Wesley, this is one of our core values here at American Family Association is sanctity of life. Oh, 100%. Yeah, this is, as as we've said on the program before and as we've stood far from the conception of AFA, that this is a non-negotiable for us and we will always fight and defend and uh, stand in the gap for uh, the unborn, 100%. And we partner with other ministries that, that's their unique ministry all the time, like Preborn and others. We're excited of that. Uh, ICU Mobile is another yep, one. So Exactly. All yep. right, folks, AFA at the core. We're going to keep Wesley with us for a few more minutes to continue talking revival in America, what we started at the beginning of the segment. AFA at the core. We'll be back in a few minutes. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear, because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast, music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, 
but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. The following are real life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. Have you ever spent time waiting on the Lord? One of the most effective things you can do in prayer is be quiet. No talking, just being quiet in His presence. Psalm 37, 7 says, Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for Him. The words rest in the Lord in the original mean to be still in the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31 says, They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not be faint. Take some time today just to be quiet. We are so prone to race through our time with God, lecturing God and and telling Him everything we need. Just stop and be quiet in His presence. Be still and know that He is God. Take some time and stillness with Him today. This is Steve Canfield, Revivalist with Life Action Ministries for OneCry.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Check us out on the internet, AFR.net, AFR.net. We also have our streaming platform up and running uh, on the World Wide Web as well. So go to streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net, create an account there, and watch this show, AFA at the Core, here in a little while when we upload it to the video platform. Wesley's back in studio with us. Wesley, we were talking about revival, and then we jumped to Ryan Bomberger, but um, you were you were heading before I interrupted you, which I can do because I'm your brother. You can, and, and it's your show. show. Yep, it's your show. I called that for you. Yep, I need a show. little mute button for your mic. <laughs> I'll work with Bobby. Hey, look, that. y'all start doing that. Hey, then we're gonna have some problems in here. Okay, yeah. we're gonna have some problems. We'll be getting cut off. Hey, hey, you, hey, you were you talking. Find some coffee in your lap. Yeah, <laughs> be throwing coffee at me. Um, uh, then then we'll get our electronics all messed up. Hey, you were talking about what what does revival look like in some examples from yes. from from Stephen McDowell's booklet. And I'm going to give us one example. There's a lot to look at. Uh, we've got the first great awakening. We've got uh, we got some smaller revivals that took place here in America in the last you know 50 years. However, one thing I wanted to look at is I wanted to leave uh, America just for a little bit and look at uh, Guatemala. And the reason I want to before I say that before I give the example, here, the reason I want to do this is because Walker, as we drive and uh, you know we're in tune. The listeners that we have listening right now are in tune with us. What's going on around us? We do occasionally we'll come across a sermon or we'll come across a teaching on revival. 
And so we um, almost all the time, you know, we, we agree with it. We want it to happen. We pray for it. And I'm going to give us some steps here to conclude with what we can do about this topic. Uh, however, we uh, it's always valuable. For, I know for me personally, people learn people learn differently. But for me, I like examples. And I like to see something. Uh, what are you talking about? Like, what does that look like? And so that's what I want to do for us. Uh, back in 1976 in Guatemala, this is the example I'll share with us of a spiritual awakening, a revival that took place in Guatemala. So back in 1976, there was roughly 1% to 2% population that was uh, a Christian evangelical. And in that particular year, 1976, there was a 7.5 magnitude earthquake that killed 23,000 people, injured 76,000 individuals, and also left 1.2 million people without a home, homelessness left them homelessness. And uh, so there were some people during this time that called this a providential natural disaster. And the reason so, I always hesitate to be to come out out front right away and say that all natural disaster all the time is, you know, designed by God, da, 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 so on. Right. Because, you know, I can't speak for God. <laughs> That's yeah, for one scri- Scripture it's, says it rains on the just and the unjust. unjust. Right. Both, How, both literally and, and Yes. And However, looking back, with having history come past, there are a couple people that call this a providential natural disaster, and here's why. And this is why I begin after let history run its course. You look back, you can learn a lot. Here's why they called it that, and these were Christians that called it that, because as a result of the natural disaster, there were many Christians, lots of Christians from the United States that went over there, and not only did they bring about uh, the physical um needs and help uh with the buildings and mm-hmm. uh, and the medicines and uh and the mechanics of all that thing they also brought with them the spiritual aid is what they brought and as a result of that over the last f- 35 or 40 years they've gone from 1% to 2% who were evangelical Christians to now at minimum depending on what poll you look at the minimum uh after being polled multiple times is 35% of Guatemala uh, is a evangelical Christian, and on top of that, what always comes historically and biblically with the transformation, it's not just the individual that gets transformed, it's the community and the society around them that also gets transformed. And as a result, they have seen a slow but a gradual dr- uh, sh- uh, uh, drift in the right direction of more liberty and prosperity, just as the founding of America was. And so that's what you're seeing there. So that's one thing I want to point us out. And I just want to conclude for our audience to say, look, regardless of what's going on, of uh, the circumstances around us and our responsibility as we live out the commands of Jesus, that is to pray for revival. That's what Jesus told us to do. So pray for revival. Continue to disciple your family and the nation around you. And don't forget, Again, regardless of what it looks like, we need to contend and to occupy where we are until Jesus comes back. Yeah. I'm okay with getting into, you know, listening into prophecy, looking at what the end time is going to look like, and all those kind of things. And and then and then you know, adding everything up over history to say, hey, we're in a bad spot. This is where we're going. Yeah. Either way, but, but our calling is the same. It doesn't change. Our calling is the same. Our calling doesn't change. So contend and occupy until Jesus comes back, and I'll be bringing you some more back. On the next time, because there's only a couple. We only covered just a little bit of that book. So So Revival 2.0 on Thursday. Yeah, here we go. Folks, tune (laughs) back in. Thanks, brother. Hey, thanks for having me on. What a great guest y'all had in that second segment uh, with Ryan Bomberger. So 
Uh, I've enjoyed you, it. I'll see you on the golf course in about uh, an yeah. hour. Yeah. Hey, look, minutes. I'm going to be keeping score on that course, too. Well, I keep score until I don't do good. And then, then I'll you score. <laughs> now I'm really jealous. Yeah. <laughs> hey, enjoyed it. Good job, team. All right, Wesley. Wesley Wildman, Vice President of Outreach there uh, on the core. He'll be back with us on Thursday. So tune in for that. Uh, jumping back into some of the news of the day, um, we have this uh, gubernatorial race in Virginia. Uh, while they say gubernatorial, um, instead of just, it's just a governor's race, all right? I know it's another word for governor, but um, if I'm going to act like a, uh, you know, like like I'm politicking, then it's the gubernatorial race in Virginia, a.k.a. the governor's race. You've got uh, Terry McAuliffe running against Glenn Youngkin. Terry McAuliffe is the Democrat. Actually, he's been governor before. So this will be round two for him should he get elected. And then you have the businessman, Glenn Youngkin there, kind of the outsider, and uh, running his own campaign pretty, um, you know, he hasn't been heavily reliant on big names in the Republican Party coming into the state. Probably a good thing. You know, I think people need to run on their own merit. I think that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with some endorsements, uh, nothing wrong with some stumping for politicians, for uh, candidates, but... You know, to see somebody like Glenn Youngkin running his own merits and handle things himself, I mean, this is a good thing. You know, we ought to be cheering him on. And honestly, I don't want the establishment Republicans in there fund, funding his campaign, even though they probably already have, um, because I don't like the establishment. I don't like the establishment, the lifelong Republican politicians. I just don't like them. Well, why, Walker? Why don't you like them? Well, because they're all talking no action. That's why I don't like them. They're all talk and no action, Bobby. Yep. Having been a former resident of that great state, the Commonwealth of Virginia, um, and having lived there when uh, Mr. McAuliffe was uh, governor before, you know, one of the things he's stumping on in his platform right now is he uh, he plans to increase teacher salaries mm. uh, because, quote, unquote, we're running a surplus in the state. And, and that state has run a surplus for the vast majority of, of the time that I lived there. That was over 30 years. So where were the pay raises to the teachers before? That's a good point. Maybe like when he was governor? Yeah. Or his colleagues, yeah. all the other Democrats around the state? Be careful of what you're hearing and be careful uh, of what you might not get. Yeah. You know, the Democrats really don't have a whole lot to run on. And that's reflected in that NBC poll we talked about yesterday where – Republicans pretty much lead as far as the perception by voters. Republicans pretty much lead in every category, uh, every issue, with the exception of like three or four. One of them is climate change, which is a hoax, and we've talked about that. Um, and then there's a few other issues like um, maybe health care because they want government-run health care, and that sounds great on paper, terrible in reality, <laughs> terrible when you actually put it into practice, um, hence Obamacare. Um, and the rising healthcare costs that you've seen, uh, uh, that you saw under the Biden or the Obama administration, um, but 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 the but the Democrats. I mean, you think the Republicans are all talking no action? The Democrats got them beat. They're all talking no action. Democrats have been running the show in Virginia and other places for a long time, for a decade or two, and um, they're running on the same things that they ran on 20 years ago. Okay, so what have you guys been doing all, the whole time that you've been in charge? You talk about uh, a Democrat such as Biden. I mean, President Biden's been in Washington for like 50 years, at least 40 plus years. 
I mean, he was there in the 80s. And he's running on he ran on all this stuff in 2020. And the question is, where have what have you been doing the last 40 years? You know, you're promising all these things, immigration reform, which means amnesty. Um, you know, we're going to we're going to do the green new deal, all this stuff. Well, where have you been? Like what have you been doing the last 40 years because you haven't gotten any of that done apparently. Um, but a lot of voters, man, we all a lot of us got short-term memory. And I'm talking to myself here. A lot of us got short-term memory. We don't even know what happened last week when it comes to politics, much less four years ago. So we got to stretch out that memory, folks, and we got to we got to bring the skeletons out of the closet. We got to show uh, the the American public uh, the history of both parties, and especially on the issues and which party can get things done. And the Republicans' party, they got their problems, they got their rhinos, um, but. But at times, they can get things done. And that NBC poll yesterday that I talked about, um, Republicans led by 10-plus points on, quote, getting things done uh, in that NBC poll. Uh, Another thing I wanted to mention before we move on is um, the issue that employers are having retaining employees. I mean, we already have a staffing, a labor issue where you've got a lot of demand and not enough workers to meet the demand. Not to mention our federal government paid people to stay home for the past 12 months. But um, this story is out of Reuters, and it has to do with two major corporations, Boeing and Mercedes. Here's the headline, or here's the the article. This is out of uh, Seattle from Reuters. In Wichita, Kansas, nearly half of the roughly 10,000 employees at aircraft companies Textron, Inc. and Spirit Aerosystems remain unvaccinated against, unvaccinated against COVID-19, risking their jobs in defiance of a federal mandate, according to a union official. Quote, we're going to lose a lot of employees over this, end quote, said Cornell Adams, head of the local uh, machinist union district. Many workers did not object to the vaccines as such, he said, but we're staunchly opposed to what they see as government meddling and personal health decisions. Yeah, that's putting it lightly. Um, and so so half of these employees, and I'm assuming here that these two sub, uh, companies work and put together Boeing planes, basically. Um, the, the two companies I, men- I mentioned, Textron Inc. and Spirit Aerosystems uh, in Wichita, Kansas, Half of their employees are unjabbed. They're non-jabbed. They're non-jabbed compliant. And according to the federal mandate, I think the deadline's like first week of December. And so Boeing makes not only commercial airliners, but I believe Bobby is an Air Force guy. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they make military aircraft as well. And Bobby, I mean, can you imagine laying off 50% of the staff in, in Wichita that put together that build Boeing military aircrafts. Yeah, not to mention um, the, the firm that you're talking about in terms of Spirit. Spirit provides some of the uh, most contract maintenance around the country. Hmm. And as Spirit goes, uh, uh, so does the airline industry because they provide so much contract maintenance and and uh, products and assemblies and, and things of that nature and, and uh, corporate knowledge, if you will, for those repairs. And uh, when you don't have that, you end up with a situation much like the, with what's going on with the ports right now. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have FAA certified aircraft to fly, 
um, you know, the results speak for themselves. Yeah, the ripple effect here, folks, uh, we've got to understand this ripple effect because, I mean, who would have thought a year ago, if I would have told you a year ago, and I couldn't, I didn't see this coming, but, you know, we're going to have supply chain issues. We're going to have supply chain issues. We're going to have labor issues because everybody's sitting on the couch. I probably could have told you that about the labor part. But the whole supply chain breakdown and and logjam, you know, if I would have told you that a year ago, you would have said, oh, you're fear-mongering. You're just trying to help keep Trump in office, yada, yada, yada. Well, here we are now, and I'm just telling you, I'm just warning you, the writing is on the wall, folks. The uh, ripple effect or the domino effect, however you want to explain it, of firing people now when we already have a labor problem, a labor shortage, we already have a supply chain that's struggling to keep up with the demand, then you start laying off thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of workers across the country all over the experimental jab, uh, the ripple effect uh, is going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible for our country, and it will take years to recover. I mean, I talk to economists now that say uh, we're talking next year before the supply chain thing gets fixed. We're talking 2022, if not 2023, before before our supply chain can catch up with demand and get things back to status quo where your deliveries are on time. That's 2022-2023. You start laying off hundreds of thousands of employees because they won't get the experimental jab. You just indefinitely extended your recovery, your economic recovery, your supply chain, your labor recovery. You just bumped that out indefinitely until those people can get back into the labor market. Absolute tragedy. This thing must be turned around. No mandates in America. That's my standard. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.